everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we'll be diving into The Crown's Season 6, Episode 7, Alma Mater. A tale as old as time, a rich boy just wants to be normal, so he does normal things, like go on expeditions in Chile and volunteer at a rhino sanctuary in Kenya, all while his future mother-in-law is trying to facilitate a meet-cute at each of these locations based on her daughter's childhood crush. Just your classic tale of romance, but with a modern twist. Breaking it all down with me, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, this man invented the shaving cream fight. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, when you were at uni, did you go to any wild parties? Mm, like, how, how wild are we talking? I mean, I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> Uh, well, there was never any shaving cream. I, I actually, uh, I think, I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but I feel like at least in the U.S., like the the types of schools that do those big kind of fights tend to like, I think it tends to be more like bubble bath than shaving cream in my experience. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, do you know what the reason for that would be? It's probably just cleaner. I mean, yeah, bubble bath is inherently pretty clean. Okay. Well, good to know. Also back with us today, our resident history of art expert, and maybe also our resident history of fart expert. Our, it's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, what came first, the art or the fart? Hmm. I would think inherently it would have to be the fart. I think that it's, uh, there's some biology there that, you know, <laughs> amoebas can do it, but they can't make art. Wait, so amoebas evolve. can fart? Yeah. Can they? Yes. <laughs> Is that not something you like? Yeah, I learned that in like biology class in like elementary school. They like have waste products. You know, Sam, I believe it was Elon Musk that once <laughs> tweeted, I put the art in fart. I think I think you're correct on that. But I would still, oh given what God. Carlin just said, grant her to be uh, the expert in the history of fart. Okay, as always. Wow. <laughs> wow. Distinction I never knew I needed. Sorry, Elon. Um, okay, before we dive in, just want to say off the top that if you came here for any sort of factual clarity about the royal family, you've come to the wrong place. Or class. Because, or, <laughs> this is scientific. This is science. Okay, you came to the wrong place because we don't know. We are watching this, just trying to learn. And I actually feel, for me personally, I didn't really know a ton about the origin of William and Kate coming in. I'm not sure how much familiarity you had with like either of you had with this story coming in? Um, I just Not know a they ton. met. Yeah, I just know they met at university, and maybe I was kind of familiar with um Kate's mom facilitating, but I didn't know anything else. I'll do you one better. Like I actually knew next to nothing about William himself prior to him getting married to Kate. Like I had some vague awareness of like you know some young princes, but. I, I was just growing up, I just did not care about the royal family whatsoever. And, you know, this idea of like, you know, Will's mania or and like, you know, William and Harry getting into misadventures, like that was like just completely outside of my orbit. So, yeah, this is all new to me. Yeah. Yes, you weren't reading a uh, market celebrity gossip magazine. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this episode at times felt like it started to verge on slightly conspiratorial. So, you know, <laughs> who knows? But we're just going to assume that, you know, actual events inspired what happened in this episode and kind of uh, go from there. So with that, Carlin, can you give us a quick recap of what we saw here in episode 607, Alma Mater? Yeah, so we open um, actually back in 
the earlier in the 90s where Kate, who I believe is about 15, is with her mother and it's Christmas time and they actually see Diana and William on the street and they have a very brief interaction and it sort of serves as what appears to be an origin for when Kate started having a crush on William. After that, she starts like cutting out pictures of him and it seems that her mom is starting to get ideas. And then we fast forward into the 2000s and it's William's 18th birthday and we learn that now the press can actually start documenting his private life. There was sort of a hold on that prior to that. And so William is sort of faced with a new, even more intense level of just sort of public scrutiny right on the precipice of when he's going to university. I want to say he, oh no, he's not the first, but he like had better grades in school than any of his other family members. And they're all very proud when he gets like one A. Quite, quite something. But basically, he qualifies for university and he ends up going to picking St. Andrews, where he wants to take a gap year to sort of go do various international sort of charity type work. And we see that Kate's mom is watching TV and hears about this. Don't know where that's going. But basically, William does his gap year and then makes it to university, where instantly he is barraged constantly by these admirers and these fans, basically he can't go like walk down a hallway without someone trying to get his autograph. But among that, he actually takes an art class where he is in class with Kate. And he already, he starts to notice her and he's like, huh, she's pretty cute. But his friends tell him that Kate is already very sought after, very pretty, very smart girl. And he doesn't quite want to make the move yet. Basically, he then gets told by Harry that he needs to not be so uptight he needs to start acting like a normal university student if he wants to act, if he wants to be treated normally. So William interprets that as he needs to go have a bunch of hookups. So he does that and even gets himself a girlfriend, but his eyes are still on Kate. So he then finally gets a chance to sort of have a meet cute where they actually talk to each other in the library when he tries to get some books from her. They have a back, back and forth kind of flirty exchange and lo and behold, his girlfriend pops in, makes it all very awkward. And William doesn't know what to do with all the awkwardness and ends up snapping at a fan who then tries to ask for, I think, either an autograph or a photo or something like that. And both women are extremely turned off by what he did. So then William is kind of left in this morose place where he doesn't have Kate, he doesn't have the girlfriend, and he just feels like he's not fitting in at university. He's not sure he can make it happen. And this is exemplified by his St. Andrew's friends saying that there's going to be a big party over this weekend that he's supposed to go hunting with his, I don't know who his people are, but I guess his old society friends that do hunting. And William <laughs> decides to go to the hunting party. And he then learns from his friends that Kate was obviously, again, sought after so much that she ended up finding a new boyfriend while on this trip, which only puts William deeper into his despair Elizabeth, of all people, tries to um, tell him that everything's going to be okay and to keep his faith because at this point, William is considering leaving university. Meanwhile, Kate tries to bring this new boyfriend home for the holidays and she ends up confronting her mother about the fact that she's been orchestrating her entire life, basically down to having Kate also attend all the gap year functions and attend St. Andrews and not be with her friends and not actually go with her first choice in order to try to facilitate William and Kate getting together. And so she has her little, you know, <laughs> you can't control my life, mom kind of moment. But her mom does point out the fact that like, you actually do like William, what are you going to do about it? 
And meanwhile, Harry giving his tough love brother sentiment is kind of like, William, go back to university, stop moping. One of us has to be put together and it's not going to be me. So please go. And right as William is deciding about what to do, he gets a text from Kate telling him not to leave university. Thanks, Harlan. Um, yeah, this episode surprised me because I think in the present day, maybe not the present present day, but I feel like there's been a concerted effort by the royal family to really present William and Kate as this kind of fairy tale story. But in this episode, it really felt like anything but that. And I mean, Kate's mom really kind of stealing the show here in a way that uh, put her on the map for me in a way that she was not even on my radar before. I'm not sure I understand her motivations because from what I understand, like she already has kind of the link to the royal family and it doesn't seem like that's really the the area that she's like looking to necessarily expand. I mean, she even said, you know, kind of in the onset of the episode that like, you know, the she ended up like, you know, marrying somebody who had ties to the royals and then she quickly decided that she her her greatness eclipsed that of the man that she married. So, like it's really weird that like a, a, the way that the show paints it is that like, oh, I want to make sure that my daughter's crush that she developed when she was 14, like ends up coming to full fruition. Like, that's what I'm reading. Am I wrong? I, I mean, I just don't think you can beat the Royal Prince, though. Like, I think that the opportunity presents itself like, OK, you got to like mid tier with the Royals, but like this has the potential to be even better than that. I, I think I guess it made sense to me. I mean, but but don't you think that the fact that she's already had that sort of like brush with like, you know, royal adjacent kind of like uh, sort of like inroads probably it should make her know better, right? Like it, it should make her realize that like, oh, th this world might not necessarily be one that I want to like, you know, kind of foist upon my daughter without her know-how. See, what I think is that I think she's probably so enamored with the royals that it's like you do all those mental gymnastics of being like, it didn't work out for me because, you know, X, Y, and Z reason. And I think at least the way I saw it was that like, she just didn't get the right royal. So she's then being like, I can do this again with my daughter, but it will be the right royal this time. It will be, you know, Diana's offspring, who's going to be this like amazing person who is going to make all the difference in like our family status. Right. That's We're going to go to the top this time. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I get that. So after watching this, do you buy William and Kate as a couple? Here's the thing. I thought they were actually really cute when they did interact with each other without there being the, you know, element of like the girlfriends and the, if you ignore the fact that the mob was setting them up, you know, <laughs> is it ethically gray, ambiguous to do that to your child? Yes. But meddling mothers to have always existed. I'm kind of just amazed at her game. Okay, fact. but but I mean, like, you know, Kate did fall onto William's radar w without really any kind of like, you know, intervention or manipulation. Like just yeah. by virtue of her being there walking on the quad, William was like, all right, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, I think it to some, like, I think it was as organic as it could be given the circumstances of how the specific location of where they went was sort of chosen. I think a lot of people could probably do that. Although, is it also implied that, like, Kate didn't necessarily have, like, an organic interest in studying art history and that the mother more or less kind of picked her curriculum for her? I think it was all implied. Like, yeah, the yeah. mother was the one who sent her 
as well to all of the same kind of retreats and volunteer um, opportunities that William went on based on, we're led to believe based on one radio interview in which William yeah. completely outlays all of his plans for the summer. <laughs> but yeah. but she, like, she, like, she like botched it, right? Like, like Kate didn't end up being in Chile the same time William did. Like they, yeah. they weren't really able to like have the stars aligned the way they wanted them to. Yeah, which is, it's so funny when you try so hard to like make that work and then it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've definitely had people in my family who um, claim to be matchmakers who have told me to try to like fake my own interests in order to like appeal to a guy I liked. So this this all feels very normal to me. This could happen to anyone. It's interesting to me that, I mean, when you consider kind of ultimately what happened, there's a lot of moments in this episode where... William and Kate are physically in the same space, but I feel like they only actually interact twice. Yeah. It <laughs> was the pretty one, low. Yeah. There's the one scene in the library, which goes terribly, like does yeah. not go well for, for William. He really finds a way to offend two women uh, yeah. in that interaction. And then there's the scene later when he apologizes. And that's enough for mm-hmm. Kate to text William and be like, please don't leave uni. That part was a little bit hard for me to like the 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 when you actually take it at face value, it's like, is that enough for <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of bought it. <laughs> the one thing that I did love about the texting scene is that like it took Kate a realistically long time to type that text using that Nokia phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I I think that I don't know. I found their first interaction before it went south, like charming enough to where I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a, it doesn't feel like a huge thing to do. It's not like it was a lot of risk for her to be like, oh, this guy that I actually think isn't that much of a jerk is trying, like, he's going to drop out of college. I'm just going to send him a message to be like, hey, like, don't do that. I, I also don't 100% buy Kate's like initial like repulsion to to William in that uh, library scene because he was like under a lot of duress and you know five five minutes ago she would have like you know killed to be with this guy and he has like you know one fumble and she's just like oh yeah I want nothing to do with you yeah yeah I definitely felt like she was more hurt about the girlfriend which it kind of makes sense like at that point it's almost like if you already know you have an uphill battle of having to fight another woman, like if he does anything jerky, you're kind of like, well, I'm done. Like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> but like also like, OK, put yourself in Kate's shoes, like sitting at that table where, you know, the girlfriend shows up and this thing is imploding in front of your eyes. Yeah. You just you just got to sit there and like let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Like you just want to be <laughs> the one to make eye contact when she leaves. Be like, yeah, I saw that, too. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the episode, Kate texts William, we learn at the beginning that this professor has given the entire roster everybody's email address and phone number. Is it just an invitation for cyberbullying to give everybody Prince William's <laughs> cell phone number? That might have been a real... Um, I, oh, you know what's funny? I thought he... No, he wouldn't have asked her to have his number. Oh, yeah, um, that might not be the greatest thing to do, but... I don't know. I feel like they don't care at university. They're like, oh, you're just a student. You're famous. Too bad. I mean, and that email address like could not have like, I mean, and the phone number for that matter could not have possibly stayed private within, you know, those circles. Like how (laughs) how did that not leak to the press within the first day? 
You know what I wonder? I wonder if they if the um his security gave him a burner phone like for class. You think they were thinking about burner phones like But you know where <laughs> he has an actual phone and then he probably has like one just for class like how you have a business phone and a personal phone? Maybe he started that. <laughs> but but he slept with like with that burner phone on his nightstand <laughs> during Christmas. He just wanted Kate to text him. Uh, in case there was any I mean, academic emergency. Is that he got doxxed, so yeah. that's unfortunate. So I should have said at the top of the conversation, but I, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. Like yeah, it was, it was light, fluffy. It was a lot of fun. That said, completely tonally out of place with the rest <laughs> of the season and anything that we've been watching uh, up I until know. now. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, to think that like, you know, three episodes ago, we were in Paris with Dodie and Diana and... And now we're doing this. Like, I mean, okay, but wow. Oh, tis life. You uh, have a woman die in a terrible car crash, and then you're having a little romance at university. And, and speaking of that woman, uh, I did not love that they brought her back for this completely like pointless flashback scene. Like, I, like I, I understand. Like, I understand. Like, the, you know what that scene accomplished in terms of establishing Kate's crush on William, but like just for us as viewers to kind of like, you know, shift our focus to other stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess this is better than the ghost scene, but like, well, they're they're really just not getting rid of Diana, are they? Well, if they hadn't have had the ghosts, I think this would have been like fine. It would have been yeah, fine, but no, it, like it also it also would have like it because it, it, it was like she didn't really do anything in that scene. It was like a very short and very flat scene uh, to the point where like I almost questioned like could they not have established you know Kate's crush on Williams in some other manner? Well, so here's the question. Did that really happen? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, ju just by virtue of the fact that, like, can you picture in, like, 1996, just Diana and William on the streets of London where anybody could walk up to them? Yeah, it, it was it was bizarre. It almost felt like a, you know, on Christmas specials, there's always, like, weird, like, weird, <laughs> like, like, magic in the air. That's what it felt like. It was, it was also just an opportunity to get young William back on our screens as well. Yeah, we needed young William. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The, the, this entire timeline and recasting Whiplash that we're getting, I mean, it, it is just bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't think they needed that scene. I agree. I think that why couldn't they have just told the truth? Like, she probably just developed the crush from watching him on TV or seeing him in magazines. Or, or be better yet, like, you know, just say that she attended, like, the uh the funeral and like you know kind of the the street procession for diana like take us back to that scene and just show her like in the crowd as like william walks by yeah or just something a little bit less contrived yeah. guys who yeah. plays um kate's mom i don't know i uh i had it in the end but you would She's recognize not the game her of thrones actress right house of the dragon She's from House of the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Wait, who does she play? She's Rainey's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my is God. She, uh, the, the queen that wasn't her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the, the brother of uh, the... the, the, the uh, yeah, Viserys' brother. A Viserys' sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, is this... Because I didn't think it was Catelyn Stark, but she was so familiar, and I just knew a Game of Thrones like context. I was like, who is this? Oh. Thank you. Yes, oh of course. God. Uh, her name is Eve Best. Eve Best plays you, Eve. Kate's mother. <laughs> Love yes. you no. in House of the Dragon. And mm -hmm. this. She thinks she did a good job. That's That said, though, the entire, you know, and I will call it 
character of Mrs. Middleton just like it seems like a very like watered down version of what we just had with Mohammed. <laughs> a little bit. That's just all these people get is meddling parents. Although she does Kate's mom, Mrs. Middleton, does a much better job of making it feel or I, I think like manipulating Kate almost because that's how it comes yeah. across sometimes, right? Like she's mm-hmm. manipulating Kate into believing that this is something that she still wants yeah. and not necessarily something that Mrs. Middleton wants. Like, I feel like there's an element of her trying to, I mean, if not gaslight, like, I, I don't know, kind of just yeah. convince Kate that this is still, like, her crush is still her crush and everything that she's doing is actually something that she wants when mm-hmm. I think Kate doesn't really know. That was the yeah. impression that I got. Yeah, for sure. So I do want to talk a little bit about William because. This is the first time we really get to see him put on more range than just angry at Charles, um, at least older William. And we mm-hmm. see him kind of just being a normal guy between the montage of him, you know, volunteering at various places around the world, but also just like William in a grocery store, William going to the library and the one copy of the book is checked out like princes. They're just like us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I did think that it was interesting to see him in kind of that. In, in a way, like, interacting with regular people in a way that the crown doesn't always, you know, give us the opportunity to see. Yeah, it was so wild. So I feel like we've never seen a royal, like, buy a grocery store sandwich. And I was like, compelled. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I literally said out loud, like, when that scene came on, like, is this the first time, like, we're seeing a grocery store on the crown? <laughs> it might be. If not, yeah. it was one of those, like, one-off normal people that no one can remember the name of anymore. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I can't help but compare this episode to when Prince Charles went to Wales and was kind of, I mean, that was a bit more of a fish out of water situation, whereas I think William feels a a little more comfortable or at least a little more welcome, um, you know, in in, in this environment. But uh, yeah, I just think about the fact that like, Charles's time at that Welsh university was like burdened by this like, you know, mission that he was sent on. And and there was a huge disconnect between him and the people there, both students and faculty. And, uh, you know, he went through an entire uh, arc that at the time, like had nothing to do with girls or like meeting Mm -hmm. people or, or hanging out with people at his age. Whereas like with William, like he doesn't really seem to be kind of bogged down by any official responsibilities or duties right now. Like he just wants to be, uh, you know, whatever it is, an 18, 19 year old. Uh, and it's going so terribly wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's the blessing of being what at that point he would have been third in line, whereas yeah. Charles would have been second in line when he was at university. Yeah. But yeah, he's not good at it. But, but at the same time, like, is it going terribly wrong? Like, I mean, He's 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 he had a girlfriend at one point. Like it's not like he's having trouble like meeting girls. Plenty of friends, like you know, mm-hmm. people all around, and uh, you know, to the degree that he's enjoying the the schooling, that might be you know kind of uh, up for debate. But that's that's an easy problem to fix in your first semester of university. Like I, I kind of don't get why he's being such a whiny bitch. To be honest, um, story purposes. <laughs> I yeah, it'd be so interesting to know if he ever did consider leaving university, like if there was something more going on. And maybe Harry's memoir talks about it, but I don't know the answer. Yeah. And also, 
like this dude doesn't need to go to university. Like it's it's going to play like a very nominal role in him developing the skills that he's going to need for later on in life. Well, now I'm curious. I wonder if the royal family actually like now that Charles has gone to university, if they are then like making all the kids go to like continue that. Like it would look like a step back if one of them didn't go. Yeah, maybe. But didn't didn't Charles study theater? Well, yeah, but like he got a degree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he, he got a degree, but it, like it almost felt more ceremonial. Like he wasn't there to get an education. He wasn't there to get oh any God, skills you're that really he would. Really doubting on theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Okay, okay, okay. If 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 one of the royals is studying theater and the next one is studying art history in the line of succession, they're clearly just fucking around. Like they're not there to like pick up any marketable skills. Granted, it, it does every seem rich like kid at, you at college. <laughs> I'd, in fairness, it does seem like William might be pivoting away from art history. He doesn't really like it I hope very he much. Did to geography. Ge- <laughs> yeah, like, I hope he did oh, get a do, degree in geography. <laughs> do, do we think he's going to become a cartographer? Do what we think do you he's- actually do with a geography degree? <laughs> I didn't even realize uh, it was. You work for like a GIS company. Like, I mean, <laughs> okay. there, there, there are there are practical applications, but I am not for a second convinced that that's the road that William is going down. <laughs> yeah, are you? Know I don't get. Are they? Have they talked about them like doing the military service? Does that come after university or before? Or not at all. In or not, maybe in I, William's I guess I don't case. Know. Well, my huh. question is obviously, you know, uh, Charles needed to go to Wales because he became the Prince of Wales. Now William yeah. is the Prince of Wales as of last year. Do you think he yeah. now has to go to Welsh <laughs> University? Absolutely oh my God, not. I wish. <laughs> Absolutely not. The guy's got what three kids to raise now? Yeah, yeah. they can do it in Wales. That's funny, but they lived. They didn't live in Cambridge either, right? Like, I don't think they have ever had to like be in their place. Only Charles had to do that. Yeah. Wait. So what? Is, what is uh, William's title as of this episode? Well, title. He's called Wales. Haven't they said his last name is like Wales? But he's not the Prince of Wales. That's still Charles, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't understand the naming conventions in school when they like have to have a last name because I remember them calling him William Wales. But then when does he get to become Cambridge? Because I know the little kids are Cambridge, but are they now Wales? How often does this change? Or do you oh, get to well, keep it, your it, last it, name? It, it, I believe like a lot changed once Elizabeth passed away. But like my question is like at this point, is he like the Duke of Cambridge? Is he the Duke of Wales? Oh, what is he? He must be the Duke of Cambridge at that point then. Maybe that's been his title for a long time. You don't think it would be Wales? Because why would but he be Charles the Duke of is... Cambridge? Well, because Charles he's the Prince, Prince of Wales. Wales. So he's the, Prince. He's, he's, he's the what of Wales now? I don't think he's anything of Wales. I don't know. William. But he still has the Wales pen. Yeah. I think they just choose a last name based off of the parent. Man, why didn't they all get the Mountbatten-Windsor last name? Like, why couldn't they have all just kept that if they fought so hard for that last name? Like, why isn't that not used for the children in school? I don't know. Like, they have a last name. I have a very important question. So, Charles... Uh, or sorry, so William, uh, his first girlfriend, as far as we know in The Crown, is Lola Airedale Cavendish Kincaid. William tells Lola that he loves the cinema. But then Lola says, you told me you love the uh, cinema, but I think actually you like the outdoors. So my important question is, can somebody like two things? <laughs> <laughs> I really felt for William there. Like... <laughs> is it possible for the human person to contain multitudes. <laughs> oh my god! And like, I, I mean, I feel like yeah, the the specific <laughs> areas of interest that they chose were 
yeah, I mean, they, they weren't as contradictory as Lola made it seem. But I think basically what she was getting that is like, oh, I thought you were an indoor cat. Yeah. <laughs> or just like he's doing that thing where like you um, the cool girl thing where you change your interest based on who you're with. She really thought that, which maybe he was. But one of the funniest things for me about the library scene was that William's security guard, who we see several times, he's, he gets many lines throughout the course of the episode. But he just is standing in the corner just watching this whole thing. <laughs> like, Yeah, and... <laughs> why doesn't he ever stop the people who are very clearly holding autographs? Yeah. And 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 by the and by the way, like that that young girl who approached uh, you know William for an autograph in that very moment, like I mean, like William has nothing to apologize for. Like he they was like in the middle of a heated conversation, like <laughs> I cannot imagine a human being approaching that table and in their right mind thinking, this is the moment. <laughs> you really convince yourself you're going to only have one chance and then you go for it. And then you're like, that was a terrible idea. But no, that was so bad. That was a bad moment. That was a bad moment. Yeah. But like, again, I, I don't think it's a bad moment for William. Like he. No, no, it, no it's it, a bad it, moment it, that he, that like this person did that. <laughs> like it was a oh, bad yeah, moment yeah. Timing was terrible. But his, his reaction, his like, you know, yeah. his snap was like 1000% justified. Cause like. Yeah. Yeah. Just again, like, you know, go like, just, can you please like wait five minutes and come back when you can tell that the table has cooled down a little bit? Yeah, no, that fan had no timing. It's it's kind of sad, actually. Like, it's very clear that there's this idea that, like, he has to seem gracious at all times. Like, poor kid, like, <laughs> or he's not kid, I guess he's like 20, 18, whatever. Yeah, like, obviously, who's going to be nice in that situation? I feel like it was a little unfair to whoever the real life Rupert, a.k.a. Finchie is, because the mm -hmm. crown did a really... Uh, aggressive job of trying to just make him seem like you know not the best guy without him actually doing anything <laughs> that mm -hmm. was inherently yeah. bad but of course mm -hmm. when we know that kate ends up with william there has to be something that uh you know just doesn't click with them because he was like very po like even in that moment with you know william that that awkward exchange like he was reasonably polite and cordial in that scene like i mean you mm -hmm. could tell he wasn't loving what was happening but like at yeah. no point did he get nasty about it this guy just living his life but this girl just hung up on her 14 year old crush so we got more of older harry in this episode oh, we haven't really talked God. about harry let's yet. get oh into this so let's, let's talk about harry um okay harry can we can can yeah. before we even talk about the characterization of harry can we talk about the casting? Sure. Okay. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Aside from the red hair, how does this human being look anything like the real <laughs> Prince Harry? He was just such a, he was a handsome fella, that guy. Like, do you, do you honestly think that like, I, like they must have just like cast the very first guy who like walked into like the uh, audition, like with red hair and they thought like, oh yeah, this is the one. Yeah, oh I mean, there's not much of a physical resemblance. I think he must None have None whatsoever. E even, honestly, even the styling of the hair itself doesn't look like Harry. Like, th this seriously just looks like a long-lost Weasley brother. He kind of did. So Harry, I mean, in the beginning, Harry kind of just, his role is really just to be like the fool at the interviews. 
Uh, for some reason, he's allowed to just stand in the background and make quips while William is interviewing about where he's going to college and, you know, his yeah. future aspirations. And Harry's just like, yeah, no, William's just going to college to uh, <laughs> to get drunk and meet girls. He ends up teaching his uh, great grandmother what a condom is. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> it's that's a wild portrayal. So upsetting. <laughs> The, the the funny thing about like that scene with like the press conference is like you know there's a lot of hoopla made about the fact that like they're essentially protected from the press until they're 18 and this is sort of like William's debut but meanwhile a what two three years younger Harry is standing to the side just fully like you know working on his relationship to the press like years before he's obligated to he's scheming but then at the end so I think the the big scene right is the one at the end where. We commented on this in, in prior episodes, the fact that Harry was very much unaffected, <laughs> at least in The Crown, uh, by the death of Diana. But here, we start to see the wheels come off. So Harry, just alcohol and cigarettes. Um, mm -hmm. He goes outside at the party. And the devil's cabbage. And the devil's <laughs> cabbage. Yeah. Uh, he goes outside at the party, and he's really not getting along with Charles at this point. It seems on the flip side as if William and Charles are actually in a pretty good place. I guess they just fully hashed it out and reconciled. But uh, William goes out to meet Harry on kind of like the roof or the balcony or like wherever they are. And Harry has this big monologue about how, you know, there's no room in this family for a number two. He is basically... Which is inherently untrue based on <laughs> everything that we have seen in the past six seasons. Well, oh he God. says that uh, he has to be kind of like the fool or inherently not as good as William because if he outshines William in any way, then it just makes a mockery of the whole operation. Which, again, also untrue. I mean, Margaret outshined Elizabeth in many ways, and that actually like worked out pretty well for both of them for a while. I mean, for and then Elizabeth, I think Margaret also had mental health problems. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm also, sure. I mean... On the flip side, I don't think that that Elizabeth really liked that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that we know yet enough about William to know whether or not, like, how he would feel about Harry actually being like a competent human being. I just felt like the entire speech. <laughs> it's like there are moments where they're just very clearly like tongue in cheek, projecting to like what future audiences will know. I yeah. feel like they did that too much with the scene. It, it, it came out of nowhere, really, because like they, they. I mean, they gave us like a brief vague exchange between harry and charles as the setup for all of this like internal agony that harry's experiencing which we have not seen uh you know prior to mm -hmm. this and i mean if we're placing bets i don't think we're going to be unpacking this too much further with the three episodes we have left yeah i don't think so either which uh why bring it up then <laughs> yeah has the crown missed the mark in not highlighting more of Harry in maybe it would have been the episode 605, like the episode that was very much William focused um, and William's grief mm. specifically. But could they have broadened that a little bit to include Harry as well? Because, I mean, to the point we, we're all making, like this tempestuous relationship now between Harry and Charles has arisen really out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, maybe I need to reserve judgment. Maybe we will get uh, like a few more, you know, droplets of this, uh, you know, in the rest of the season. But I'm I'm not optimistic. Like we, we don't really have the time or real estate to uh, mm -hmm. unpack. Because I mean, honestly, anything that they delve into with Harry is, I mean, that's a 
that's an entire episode unto itself. And I can't imagine we're mm-hmm. getting a fully Harry centric uh, episode before all is said and done here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. I want to talk about one thing in this episode that I found to be extremely hypocritical. And that is okay. Queen Elizabeth who goes to, <laughs> who goes to <laughs> Prince William and is basically like, you know what I always believed in true love. And I think if something's meant to be, it'll, it'll, it's meant to be, it'll, it'll inevitably, inevitably end up happening. I wish that Tell Charles that could Margaret. have been, I, I wish, that, <laughs> wait, I didn't even pick up on that. That's so bad. <laughs> I wish that, I mean, it's that's true. It's only for the air. Only the air it's not finds true love. Charles, Everyone else she's been like, there, there, there <laughs> is no one on this planet that has torpedoed true love more often than Elizabeth. <laughs> Yeah, wait, she, I just need like Charles and Margaret to look into the camera. <laughs> I found that scene to be wild. That was wacky. I can't believe that they yeah. put that in. And extremely out of character. Like it was, it was a level of like affection and empathy that like Elizabeth has never shown to a human being before in this show. And all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that she's like the, the gentle caring grandmother that just wants to like, you know, relate to her grandson and and give him soothing and sage advice. Like, I mean, come on, that is not Elizabeth. Yeah. Damn. They should have at least like Charles or Philip were at least set up to like be that figure, but no, they're like, it has to be Elizabeth. (laughs) It could have been Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- Margaret would have made 1,000 times more sense in that scene. And especially yeah. if, we're, if we're looking for stuff for Margaret to do, like have her show up and be like, you know, no matter what anybody else tells you, go for what you want. Like it, it, it's simple. Like I, I could have written yeah, it better yeah. than Peter Morgan at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that actually would have been a really good change. Yeah. Not only she says uh, what what's meant for you won't pass you by. And you know who will make sure of that? God. God will make sure that what is meant for you will not pass you by. The other thing she doesn't understand is dating. Liz says in her day, uh, they met someone, married them, and got on with it. In parentheses, I think I wrote her cousin. but you know, <laughs> A distant cousin, perhaps. So. Okay, like, even if she doesn't understand dating from her own experience, she has, uh, you know, it, it has loomed large in the, you know, <laughs> culture and goings on of her family in the subsequent decades. Yeah, what? She's seen Margaret date so much. <laughs> she's seen Charles date. Like, like she, I mean, yeah, it, it's not that, like, dating is something that she has not, like, you know, bared witness to at all. Like, it, it's been there in the background. We've talked a lot about how The Crown has really leaned into modern references in this, well, really the past two seasons, but nothing shocked me more than when they had the nerve to spoil Big Brother UK season one, which I have not seen. Oh, oh with, 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 with a very uh, sprightly Graham Norton. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So thanks, The Crown. He was in here a lot. There was a lot of Graham Norton. There's a lot of Graham yeah. Norton? Right? Was there? I mean, did I watch something that... else that also had Graham Norton in it? Oh, Wait, no. did you? What, what have you yeah. watched in the last what? couple of days? What have I watched? I don't know. Did you just watch oh, the Oh, you Graham know what? Norton? It was a podcast about Amy Winehouse where they took an audio of Graham Norton. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, he's been in a lot in my life recently. I, that was fun, though. I, I didn't. It's funny where you don't know how long these talk show hosts have been going for. And then you see like them in the very early 2000s and in the 90s. And you're like, wow, you've been doing this a long time. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Okay, so, I mean, Ivan, to the point that you were just making, this is episode 607. There's only three episodes left, and 
we see kind of what I guess we can now infer to be the beginning of the relationship between William and Kate. But is this is this it? Like, are we moving away from this now? Is this going to be like, it feels like this is the story that they wanted to tell. They don't want to necessarily show. I don't think that's correct, Sam. And, and that's so? only because I feel like 90% of the promotional material for the season ha- have been shots of William and Kate that aren't even from this episode. Like I think the one of the very first like stills they released is them like like walking down the street together hand in hand. Like we, th- I think there's more of this to come. I hope so because I want to see what happens next. I think we'll see what happens next. Okay. okay. Nice. I mean, I just know there's so much. Like we're definitely going to get Margaret's death right mm-hmm. at some point in this season. Yeah, I, I guess Queen Mother too. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot for them to cover still in these last three episodes. But also, are there really any other storylines developing right now outside of William and Kate? I feel like this is the only arc that is that really has any kind of steam right now. Like, what, what else are we waiting to get resolution on? Well, I know we also need to get the much publicized now uh, return of the previous Queen Elizabeths. Like, that still has <laughs> to come into play at some point as well. Sounds so. like a, s- some serious finale fodder there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, they haven't really done a good job of setting up anything else. Perhaps, perhaps you're correct. Uh, but anything else to say here about episode 607? No, I liked it. Again, it light, fun. fluffy, yeah. fun. Like, uh, considering how dour this show has become, like, at times, especially, you know, earlier on this season and last, like, I, am I going to tell you right now that this was like, incredibly well-crafted television and uh you know peak prestige writing probably not but it was a good time i i'm, I'm not mad about it i enjoyed it as mm-hmm. well despite the <laughs> despite i think the small issues that we've had with some of the characterization of some of these people and the casting i don't know i think just in general the pace is a little slow but it was a fun episode i still think that i enjoyed more like some of the the previous two episodes a little bit more, but this was fun. Mm-hmm. It it kind of gave me like in an odd way some normal people vibes. Like I don't know if you guys watched that like series. No, but I kind of I think I get what you mean. All right, shall we move on to the Kinky Crown Award for this episode? Yeah, they gave us so many. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what you two have, especially since uh, there are now some age-appropriate figures to be <laughs> pulling examples from. Can I just say, what a far, like, we, we've come so far from literally scene one where I think we saw Philip's butt. Like, Yeah, we did. That I think great. that was which the... Which was the, the entire impetus for this award, right? I know, we really yeah. thought that that would be, that would have staying power, but Netflix really was just like, we're going to tone it back now. That was but a, this, is, this is what Netflix does. Their nudity in the first episode, first season, and then it kind of uh, trickles out. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you guys got for me? Who goes first? Uh, um, who went last week? I think it was Sam. I think I went first, right? yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Carlin, you're up. I, I really enjoyed Harry giving William a condom. Oh, giving- no, let, no, okay, wait, no. The scene where every old royal is discussing what they know and don't know about condoms. Right, right. <laughs> That probably would have been my first choice too. Specifically, the line where Harry says "putting them in your mouth is optional." That was uh, great because the because Queen Mother asks if they're sweeties. 
Yeah, that I, was... I, I I think one thing I do like about Harry as depicted in the crown is that his his utter disregard for decorum and he he, <laughs> he is he's going to scandalize the the rest of the royal families, especially the older they are, the more he's going to rock their world. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw out a nomination because it's my turn, but I mean, mm-hmm. I would probably also lean toward that scene as well, but there's a there's a scene where William is eating lunch with people and this girl walks up to him and asks him to sign a card for her grandmother. And then someone says, at least you're a hit with the grannies. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that's not a bad one. Uh, but yeah, obviously it's, it's the condom scene. By yeah. the way, speaking of that scene where they're like sitting there and, you know, shortly after he signs the autograph, uh, when, you know, Kate uh, walks by and the, the four boys all sort of like lean back uh, and that that felt like a John Hughes shot like that. Did, that felt did. straight out of like an 80s teen <laughs> comedy. And I, I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. It was really, <laughs> really? Fun. I, I thought that guy took me out of it. I was like, really? This is something no, that no, people no. do they, in they, real life? <laughs> no, they were having fun with it. And, and again, I'm not mad about it because I think this show for a lot of the past season and a half took itself way too seriously at times where it didn't need to. And now they're just letting loose and having a little bit of fun. And I, I don't have high hopes for the quality resurging back to season one and two levels right now. So I'm just going to let them have whatever fun they want. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's the scene, right, where they they unanimously say that they've dubbed Kate to be the fittest girl at uni. Mm-hmm. Yes. They call her putting the Kate in intoxicating. Oh, good one. Uh- <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah. 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 If every guy at the university knows that Kate is the fittest girl at school, and Kate, I'm sure, has now heard that she is the fittest girl at school, what about William if he was just a regular-ass person would be appealing? like? <laughs> oh, I mean, you're asking the golden question about like the entire royal family. It's like, who are these people, and what is their value outside of what they've inherited? Like, he's pretty sullen. He doesn't go to the parties. Like he'll perf- he he goes to the cottage in Balmoral instead. He uh, his his takes are questionable sometimes. He doesn't really interact with many people. He doesn't have many friends. I mean, I, I would say like someone with the looks of William and the confidence and and humor of Harry would probably clean up at this university. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Allow me to throw out some. Quick sponsors for this episode. This episode is brought to us by Sainsbury's British Grocery Store. Is that store. specifically where, like, what it was? No was idea. It clear? But I'm gonna no. But I'll. I'll you don't give think it, it was I'll a Tesco? What could have been Weight Rose? It could have been any of them. Uh, could have been Super Value. Super Value. Yeah, could have been any. Of them. I'll give it to Sainsbury's. Uh, Jenga made an appearance here in this episode as well. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Condoms unbranded, just generic condoms as a concept, <laughs> and of course Graham Norton. So that's, uh, <laughs> those are, those are our sponsors for today's episode. So, uh, anything else Aggressively here? Aggressively to... British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super, super British. All right. So I think that's going to take us to a close, right? On this episode. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next week, we'll be talking about episode 608. Uh, in the meantime, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you about the crown, where can they do that? Just send me a text. I'll get it on my Nokia phone, and it'll take me a few days to type out a response. And just for clarity, is that your real phone or your burner academic phone? <laughs> um, my smartphone is my burner phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is your real phone. 
Exactly. Uh, this is this this is where the important <laughs> stuff happens. Okay. Carlin, what about you? Um, Instagram and threads at Carlin underscore G-E-E. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us if you have any comments about the podcast or about the crown would be on Twitter at Crown Around Pod. And that's all we've got for you today. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. And God save the queen. God, God save, save the, the queen. queen.